0: Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together.
1: Hey guys, Amir Ryder here at the Transform Sales Podcast. I got my guest, David Krieger. David is the CEO of Sales Roads, a sales agency that's been around for 15 years, 15 years. Yeah, we just
0: turned 15 this year, so big birthday.
1: So I, I've known David, I would say, inadvertently through the industry for like three or four years. We chatted a few times. Uh, we pivoted to a marketplace and became a little bit closer because of uh, our relationship and, and just helping buyers find sellers. Um, David, how did you get into outsourced sales? What's that journey? I mean, a lot of people these days, outsourced sales, the generation, kind of in the industry. 15 years ago, you got into it. What did that look like? What was, what, what brought you to this uh, the battleground of outsourced
0: sales providers? Yeah. So, yeah. Um... In a, in a previous life, I worked at an internet startup and was an early employee there. And they were working for the VP of sales, doing a lot of different things. And we realized we needed a, uh inbound call center and an inside sales team. And so I was, you know, 22 at the time. He said, go, go build it. (laughs) So I was like, sure, I'll go build it. And I really just love the inside sales part of it. And we, even though we had outside salespeople all around the world, the inside sales team grew to be the largest quota contributor. uh, For those listeners that don't know the difference between inside and outside, when you
1: say inside sales, you mean inbound calls or inbound interest?
0: Yeah, so this is back in you know, the, the, so outbound was out people who are out around the country going and meeting with with clients face to face, so and an inside sales team was just you know it, you, you're inside the office you don't step out you just use the phone back then it was only the phone right uh, to be able to prospect find customers talk to them engage with them help them out and sell. Them.
1: Yeah, it's funny because, uh, it, like, in these terms, so sometimes people are like, oh, you have a call center? Or like, do you have access to the call center? And I look around, and I'm like, nobody really has a phone, um, but there's desks. So it's like, <laughs> what makes a business center a business, an inbound app? And right we'll, we'll get into that. So basically, you were fixing your own problem, which is like the play that most companies do. Hey, we got these inbound leads, let's get a call center. So the company that you worked for said, fix this problem by building your own call center, and then the rest is history.
0: Sort of. I'll give a little more more stuff, uh, but basically, yeah. So built inside sales team, went back to business school, wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting a real job, wanted to start my own company. And I said, you know, let me think about, uh, you know, outsource sales. And at the same time I was reading about, this was back in 2007, the distributed model where people worked out of their home offices in a, instead of a centralized yeah. location, which was kind of crazy back in 2007. There were a few companies doing it. And I just loved it because at the end of the day in sales, it's a lot about process training there's other things but if you don't have great salespeople on your team it's really hard to succeed and i love the idea of being able to recruit the best sales people wherever they lived and so that was actually the start of, of sales we were called home base usa we used to be working out of their home yeah you were a pioneer uh, in remote we were one of the pioneers of remote so yeah. it's uh and that's what really started my journey i just love that concept i love the idea of starting a remote sales team and that then you're the rest is You're a pioneer in the
1: but You are a pioneer in social media, so you didn't grab the attention. You need to combine. Right. It's true, right? You need to combine. Because I, I I spoke to you before and you're like, hey, we've been around 15 years. We do. And you are, by all extensive purposes, a pioneer in remote
0: sales. 100%. Yeah.
1: The microphone these days is the social media. you got to tell the world, right? Right. right. I've i talked to people who said, "Hey, I did a pioneer remote sales for ten years." I'm like, "No, David was doing fifteen years." We got to find out
0: who the real pioneer is. This is back when you were
1: 22, so you were working at the nightclubs at night too.
0: So you had <laughs> right. Well, this was I, 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 This was a few years after and I went to business story, school, so I was I was a little older, but not much older.
1: That makes sense. So, so you know, one of our biggest, uh, I like, like, the reason why we love working with you guys uh, is is your experience. Um, you know, you guys tell the truth. Right? You're not overselling, you're never promising, right? but one of the chronic, I would say, symptoms of sales agencies and buyers is this tendency to just kind of, I would say, be adversarial right, or just kind of kind butt heads. You've been around 15 years, and what I want to know is what are the most common mistakes that you see over and over again that buyers make when hiring a sales agency like Sales Roads? and obviously we know the mistakes cost money time and pipeline we don't need to give them that but what are what are those mistakes that's what i want to know i want people to listen to this and be like crap that can't be me i'm not going to do that
0: that's right the goal. yeah so i think the, the, there's a few things and they they revolve around something uh somewhat similar and so you know the at SalesRoads and, and other companies, too, I'm sure, we're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. It's hard to build an, an outbound uh, SDR team, right? It's hard to find the right people. It's hard to have the right training processes. It's hard to have the right management and coaching processes. And we're going to handle all of that and really do, you know, be able to build an SDR team and department for, for our clients. But that doesn't mean that there's zero work involved for our clients. Right? We're going to minimize the work, but it doesn't mean there's zero. And it's not like you're going to just sign up and be able to turn it over. Because to do this well, there's a few things that have to happen. One, and we have a very long kickoff meeting with our clients where we really do a deep dive. We understand their value proposition. We understand their, their ICP. We understand their TAM. We understand what has worked and what hasn't worked in the different channels that they have tried and what they're currently doing right now. Uh, and what messaging has worked maybe for their marketing team or their sales team, and so we really try to understand that uh, intimately. But we need to have have them give us that information, be prepared for that meeting, give us a lot of the information we need afterwards, so that we we can then build our what we call our demand generation playbook, which is our strategic roadmap for for uh, helping them to conquer uh, you know whatever industry they're they're looking to to, yeah. to get into, and so. We need some of that upfront support. We also, once we've trained the SDRs, we like our, our clients to get on the, the phone with them. We want to do role plays with them. We want to practice with them. We want them to give us some real life type of, uh, you know, feedback, so that when we really launch, we're launching real really life, well.
1: and it's real. What's revenue.
0: that?
1: It's real life and it's real revenue. Therefore, right, really right? Life, right.
0: We right. got to do this well, and it's their brand, right? We want to start with with, the, you know, on day one. In the right way, because we want to touch prospects in the right way with them. But that takes some of their time. They've got to be with us. They've got to be with our SDRs a little bit. Um, And then lastly, the other mistake that they make is not having the systems to give us the feedback back. Right. So we're going to start booking appointments. We're going to start generating some leads, but to be in some of the leads right up front are going to be great. But we also are going to need to know where it didn't match or where there's a qualification we need to tweak. Or maybe there's a key piece of information we needed to get up front so their AE can then leverage that better in their discovery call. We need that feedback back up front. And we found a lot of times our clients, um, and and we really do specify, we're very honest in the sales process. These are some of the things we want, aren't prepared to give that feedback back and don't have their systems and Salesforce set up to be able to filter that feedback back to us. So that now it can be a challenge. It, it makes sense if I, if I
1: unpack it. And the cool part is obviously like this, you know, we, we, this was not a plan. Like I just, I just asked you on the spot, right. And, and, and after 15 years of experience, it, it came very natural for you. It, it's almost as if, you know, what I'm hearing is like, Hey, we don't actually let you become a customer unless you intimately tell us about your product. And you do these things. Like there's just, this is, it's either this way or no way, right. Which is, you know, why you're in position you are with the company you are. What I'm also hearing is that business development B2B is in a way similar to like a baton race in track and field, right? Where you're running and then you're passing a baton to someone else running and they're passing a baton to someone else running and they're passing a baton to someone else running. And if a buyer doesn't fundamentally understand how business development works, they don't understand that you need checkpoints, feedback, training, you're basically saying that that lack of understanding of the race they're in, right? Like this is not a, this is not you hire a sales agency to run a hundred yard dash and they got you a million in revenue, right? Um, That's a flaw that will haunt them, right? And there's just nothing you can do because you can't change the concept that you need coaching, right? Like who else would be better, right? Like you, when you were when you started off with your call center for the nets the net company, you were 100 trained by the by the person, right? So, it, it, what I hear is that it's 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 almost like they don't understand the process fully. That's kind of why they're outsourcing at the beginning with, right? But then fundamentally, you do a really good job of being like intimate with the buyer, intimate with the stuff, the upfront stuff, But it's the baton thing that you you just it's easy to ask people these questions, but it's hard to get them to actually grab the baton, right? That takes discipline.
0: And you just- yeah, and the, the other part of it, I think all of that's true. I think the other part, and I, I empathize because a lot of the companies we work with, we're working with the you know the VP of sales or the head of marketing, and, and they're busy, right? And, and part of the reason they want to turn to us is they, they don't have time to build the SDR team and whatnot. But to do this right, they do need to plan and carve out or at least have somebody on their team Who's dedicated to work with us um, to make sure that that information, that baton, is passed in the in the right way?
1: Yeah, makes sense. Um, wh- so, why? You know, what could you do if that, what what could you or we or anybody do to come better prepared in that sense? Because it does sound like you can lose a deal, right? Like if you're like, "Hey, so and so, we're good on this stuff," but like, do you really? Do you have the time? to coach, to train, do you have the time to do these things? And you're pushing on them, telling them these extra things that they need to do. The word extra is wrong. The right things they need to do, right? And there's another agency that says the opposite. They don't bring it up. So the buyer's like, well, I'm talking to, to, to David in sales road and like they got 15 years experience, but they're just asking too much of me. And this other agency, is not, and then they choose that other agency, and they not get the results. Like, is that something that you think about when you're honest with customers? Is that is that is that is that like you can't do anything about it? Like you're honest, and then you'll lose people to, and then they'll lose their ROI, and you'll keep what's good. Like, how do you fix that? Right? Because that's a difficult thing to fix.
0: It is I mean, it's a circular circle, right? Yeah, it is. But what we found is, when we only take on a handful every month. We only take on a handful of new new clients, two or three to- tops usually, because of how much time we put into each one. And so, really, longevity of a program is key for us, and we want to make sure that we are taking on the right clients for us, and that we're the right fit for them. And there's ways that we 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 talk to them and, and qualify both both ways. And so, I would much rather be upfront with them about the time they need, and for them to understand that, or if they feel they don't have the time and they want to take a risk on another or, or leverage a different set of processes with another company, I would rather lose that deal than not let them know what is expected of them and then to get into it, neither of them be resentful because they didn't plan for it or we can't build in the right way and not generate the results that, that they need. To, but isn't to it like a paradox out.
1: where it's a paradox in the sense that we live in a world where people wanna be lied to more and more and more. They can't handle the truth. The truth is insulting, right? Honesty is not a character that is working in B2B. If you're honest, look at someone else who's not because they'll get a new job, there's 3% unemployment. Those are all great morals and ethics, but isn't it in a way almost hurting sales roles, which is a great company and deserves to be operable, and the clients? like, like Cause like you're, you're holding strong for your values and that's awesome. But then what about the CEO who, who hires a VP of sales and he, he purchases incorrectly and he loses his dream because he doesn't hit his revenue goals. And now a VC buys back his, his stock because
0: that was part of his clawback. That's a tricky question. I like well, right? I look at it a little different and I, I actually think more often than not, and I'm not on every sales call by any means, you know, my, my, you know, I have a salesperson who, who handles most, most of this. Um, but, I think people also respect the honesty that we give them. And, and, you know, and we are very clear about benchmark metrics and going through that with people and, and really trying to understand what success looks like and whether that success is the type of success that they need to be successful. And I think through our our, our sales process, our discovery process, where we do a success analysis, I think the honesty that we give them, people respect and and I, I'm sure we we lose deals over it because they need to move faster. or They yeah, can't yeah, invest the it. Respect? But I think is it's the win in the I,
1: ethics. you are going to in the culture, right? Yeah,
0: but way... I think we gain deals out of it too because I think people do respect the fact that we are telling them what is honest. And 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 there are times when we tell people, you know, especially if the TAM is too small and things like that. There's certain areas or certain industries that we might not work in that we're not the best fit for them. Um, And I think people more often than not will will respect it if we explain why. If we didn't just say, listen, this is not, you know, this is the way it is and we don't explain. I I think that they respect it. Um, And I think it's the better way to to do things and to, to have longstanding clients and relationships. No,
1: I agree. I agree with all those things you said. I'm like, you know, I do. No, no, I know. know. Um, It's just like I know it's it's almost my job as as a marketplace to fundamentally fill those gaps to help educate people where it's not like you versus me, right? Because that that's the problem where it's like people it hurts their feelings. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, It's hard. Uh, Hey, man, you don't have product market fit yet, so this is a market validation campaign. They hate hearing that, right? They know it's true, but like, they're taught they're taught to get a deal. I want to hire an outsourced agency to fix a problem because I couldn't do it on my own. I want an ROI in six months on a nine-month sales cycle. I'm only going to do a three-month contract and try to fire you in four months, right? Like, So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I feel your pain. Um, let's keep on going with other problems that they makes. So, so basically just not understanding the, proce- the the real process was involved the time commitment. And then what, what else stands out at you at 15 years of people, the mistakes that people make that they can avoid, easy mistakes. Because it's obviously yeah, I, a real issue to, to choose how to, to buy from somebody who's ethically honest, right? And that's up to them. What else are they doing?
0: Yeah, I think also in, is, is making sure you also have a process. We're going to handle the process on the front end, but also making sure if you're going to invest in a service like ours, that you do have a good process for your AEs. You know, with your discovery calls, with your demos, and you understand and have trained them accordingly because it, it's it is a baton, right? you know, it is a relay race, like you said, and so I think um, you want to make sure before investing in a service like ours that if for instance you're not hitting your sales goals and that's why you're looking to generate more leads that the leads and the and the calls that you your team is having are being handled in the right way and you're maximizing that your close ratio and so i would really make sure that companies have have that part in order and have a good process around that before they put you know fuel on the fire and start generating lots of appointments and don't have that process in place yeah
1: which is going to happen right which makes sense it, it, it makes tons of sense and we like, we see that all the time so essentially do you ever do you ever have buyers that you will you say focus on price as being like one of the things is that, is that ever something you catch where like they just price 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 and like that's all they care about
0: yeah yeah um we we definitely do and there are definitely companies that are price conscious and some you know have a limited budget and that is what it is and they're gonna need to, to figure it out um and, and our service might not accommodate for that, that budget. So absolutely, people will look at, at, at budget and sometimes compare two companies based upon budget. And what we try to do is just make sure it is apples with apples, right? You know, And that we're providing and we show everything that we are providing and bringing to the, t- the table versus what you might be getting with a much lower priced product, which could be more of a cookie cutter type of program than what we provide, which is really customized. What percentage of buyers have a go-to-market plan and an ROI model before they engage you? Very few. And we try we try to help them with that with the sales process, you know, right? Well, politically correct stuff. Right. What percentage? <sighs> Talking 1%, 15 20%. i would say maybe 25%, I'd say.
1: So 25% <laughs> come with a go-to-market plan and an ROI uh, calculator. Of the 25%, what do those companies look like? Are they software, um, what's something that stands out consistently with like, who are, who are the right buyers? Because that's almost, you know.
0: Who are the right buyers who have that type of plan? And it, I just,
1: I forgot the rule. It's, it's the 80-20 rule, right? Um, you know, 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers, right? You just said. 25% come with the go-to-market ROI plan. It's probably where your 80% of your revenue comes from. Who are they?
0: Um, so some of those folks who uh, I, I would say, are, that's an interesting question. Let me try to bucket data, it. I haven't looked data at it in that, in that, that way, but here's what I would say is that usually they have a really great uh, CRO or, or CMO or VP of sales. And it can be run across industries, right? We work with SaaS, we work in, in manufacturing, we work industrial tech, and it, it really is leader dependent, right? That they what is, that,
1: what is, what is in this context. Let's define great. Let's define great. Great, a great CRO is that like a nice guy or like what is Oh, great I you, in your context?
0: I think that they, they so a few different things. One, that they're being proactive, not reactive, right? So a lot of companies that aren't the right fit are coming back because they're not hitting their numbers. They aren't, they're scrambling, they're trying to just figure out something to make it work. That's like a reactive. Those great sales plans ahead, not reactive. It really, well, yeah. The others are Uh, people who Um, come to us, right? And I've got got these sales numbers, right? Um, Or we've grown to a place internally that, you know, you know, with our inbound leads that to get to the next level, I need to build a, an SDR functionality. You I know. See you see a
1: pattern here? A great CRO or CMO is proactive. Right, exactly. And they, that means that they have a go-to-market plan and ROI calculator. Exactly. Right.
0: That's why so I'm, right, I'm trying to answer your question. That exactly. For
1: 20 of your best buyers, it starts with a great CRO who's proactive, meaning that they're hiring an agency, when they're as part of their plan, not exactly. as part of fixing a problem, right? So your best
0: your best customers are not trying to fix a problem. They're trying to hit the revenue goals and they have a plan. Right, or they're proactively knowing that this is a weakness of theirs. It's not because they've missing, you know, and they need to either build this internally or they need to outsource or they need to augment what they have, but it's part of their strategic approach to the market.
1: So 75% are reactive, no plan, no ROI. Right, right. Are those CROs or CMOs going to be at that company in a year later?
0: Probably not. That's probably why the attrition rate among CROs is extremely, extremely high, right? Says yes. Right?
1: Right. So we're getting down to it, which is a good, which is a good thing, right? Because if you're listening to this podcast and you're a great CRO or a great CMO and you have a plan, you want to be proactive and working with David at SalesWorlds, who's been in the for 15 years, probably a good match. Absolutely. Right?
0: If you don't have a go-to-market plan, you don't have an ROI, you're trying to fix the problem, probably don't want to talk to sales roads right and to be very clear too with the go to market plan right is we will help once if if you know where you want to go and the type of of industries you want to go into your value prop around that we are going to build the nuts and bolts of going after and executing on that plan for you but we you know you need to know high level where you want to go the types of numbers you need us to hit and then we're gonna work backwards and make that happen. Should we add another
1: quality of greatness, which is greatness is hum- humility and, and the ability to, to not think that, cause you're a CRO, you know everything and to listen to experts. That's a good point. Yeah. Probably another good skill, right? Yeah. Hey David, I'm a CRO of a billion dollar company, but you've been doing this for 15 years. What should I be doing? What should Absolutely. I be asking you, right? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. Cause I wanna flush this out because they're looking for you, right? And And, and you know who's getting in front of them? the guys with the beautiful marketing and waving our hands and the offers, right? And and, and most of the customers that want to work with you, they can't. They, they have trouble finding it, right? Like it's hard for them to find, you've been 15 years, you take value and not over promising, you do the whole thing, right? Like I, I make introductions to you with people who match these kind of qualities, right? Like that's kind of what I look for when, when I say, hey, sales world is the right fit for your RI goal. Um, where do you think this industry going?
0: Yeah. Um... It's a great, great question. Um, I think, and there's a lot of talk about AI and all these different bells and whistles, right? But at the end of the day, it starts, I think, still and into the future where I started with my premise, which is the reason I did a, a remote company. You know, it wasn't a lot of people said, oh, that's a great way to save money and not have as much overhead. No, it's about the people. And it's about finding really smart, ambitious people who love the, the puzzle of sales development and and being able to find the right people, talk to the right people, engage with the right people, solve their problems. And so I s- still think with all the bells and whistles around the industry and the different technology, it still is fundamentally about the people. And so what I would say is where the industry is going is just continuing to invest heavily in training and and in building up the people within each organization and you know, also realizing that there's been a lot re- written about this is that, you know, there there is, a, which I think is good, a division between SDRs and AEs, but SDRs are sometimes the stepchild and you get promoted to be an AE, right? I think people are realizing more and more that this is a hard job, right? And it creates a, re- you really need an Let's amazing skill set, an amazing talent set. Um, and it's not just a stepping stone. It is a career. It's and separate. to be really, really good Brazilian. at it. Right.
1: right, like 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 an AE is like customer
0: support, like answering questions. Uh, right. So we we love we love the, the, the challenge of the, of the SDR process.
1: No, and I and I think it's great, and 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 I'm I'm, I'm grateful for agencies like yours that are that are that are staying true to uh, the honesty and, and, and making a better name for us. Dude, this has been awesome, Dave. I'm mean, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. I'm a big fan of the work you guys are doing. Uh, let's just say that a uh, company that has, is run by great CROs and leaders that has a plan, not looking for uh, a last-second backup plan and understands what's going on and, and meets all these criteria, where can they find you?
0: How can they contact you?
1: Where, where, where are you these days besides <laughs> beautiful, funny Florida?
0: Yeah. Uh, so um, we, so we're on, you can find us at salesrose.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So just David Krieger um, or we, our Sales Roads channel on LinkedIn. You can just find us there. You and know, I reach out with Dave, any I questions. On
1: WhatsApp, didn't I? I got <laughs> David on WhatsApp. Right? I know you're trying to
0: convert me. Not quite there. You want his cell phone number? I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> right. You've been converted. You're on WhatsApp already. But yes. I know because no, you know it's on the only to way have... to talk to you. Well, we're going to make it worth your while, David. <laughs> not more people are going to reach out to you. I'm going to, I'm going to share your, your your link with every great CRO that's out there.
0: Just well, we appreciate it.
1: Um, no, thank so you, Amir. Yeah, great to be on. No, dude, it's, it's a pleasure. We're going to have you back on, um, and let's just make sure that some of these these criteria that you you discuss just become the normal, right? Um, and it's it's okay to say, hey, I need help, and have a title as a CRO. It's okay to not be. The best it's okay to not blame everybody and it's okay to work as a team right that's really it right um and keep the passion going and motivates me and and, and see what you guys are doing and uh, that's it guys i appreciate you listening to the transform sales podcast with uh with david Krieger from sales roads david thanks Amir.
0: thanks so much appreciate it exactly. bye